Bah. Oh, hello. Oh, hi. Hello there. Oh, God. Oh, no. My headphones. Ah, I can't hear anything. Can you hear me now? This podcast now? is over. <laughs> <laughs> no, I messed. Uh, God, I hate these headphones so much. Uh, the connector, not the headphones themselves, are very nice. The connector is all. Are you all afraid you're going up. to offend them and they'll stop working? Well, no, it's just I shouldn't complain about the things I have that work. <laughs> I am playing with this cigar cutter okay. and I probably shouldn't. Wow, we are off to an awesome start. <laughs> Gonna put that awesome. down. I can't be trusted. Ah, hello, everybody. It hello. is another week. This is another mm-hmm. goose chase. These are facts. These are facts about what time it is and what we're doing. This is episode 73. Yeah, which we uh, realized uh, is... uh, (laughs) Not that far from 100. Fairly obviously, it is three quarters of the way almost to 100. But that's a big deal for us. Yeah. 100 episodes is like a big mark. It is. Uh, In fact, speaking of a big mark, Mark Maron made a big deal of his 100th episode. (laughs) Okay. I don't know why (laughs) I don't know why I said that. A lot of podcasts do. Yeah, right. But that was the first. That was <laughs> the first one. I- smooth segue there. <laughs> Speaking of a big mark, Mark Marin made a big deal about his 100th episode. I know. I'm, I'm a. This tool. has been e news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, like 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 it has all the the content of a Watch Mojo video. Yeah. <laughs> like, like oh shit, I could have googled that myself. Why did I watch this? Why have yeah. I been watching this for hours? <laughs> God, that's my question whenever I succumb to clickbait. Yeah. You know, the other day I was a real life internet hero. Mm. Uh, I came across a clickbait article and yeah. I wasn't even going to click on it, but I realized there were no other comments. And ah. so I clicked on it and I got to the point and then I commented and said, this is the point. <laughs> <laughs> I just saved you like five whole Which if you bits. ever click on like a post on Facebook that's a clickbait article, there's usually that comment. And yeah. it's like the most liked comment yeah. of someone doing that. Yeah. So I was like, this has no comments. I'm going to be that person. This is saved you a click. It's a, uh, it's a common Reddit thing. Just, <laughs> yeah. Let me save you a click here. It, uh, I, oh, I remember what it was. It was about like. Jennifer Aniston's birthday party, and the one thing, the one rule oh for her party. My eyes are rolling and out who of my broke head. It. And basically, it was like <laughs> she had a giant party with other celebrities at it. Yeah. She had a no social media rule, and okay. several people broke it anyway and because like they will. And, and then, like, Katy Perry called someone out for posting something on social media. And that person was like, I got special permission. That was the entire article that took me like five pages to get to that point. The stupid and inane nature of that kind of shit drives me crazy. Yeah, I would not have clicked on the article (laughs) aside from the fact that I was like, I'm going to do it. It's going to be me this time. I'm I'm the hero. I'm the hero. It's me. You know, I have not received any notifications on that. So I don't think (laughs) anyone else has commented. Nobody cared. That's all right. Uh, That's all right. You you don't do things for other people's, you know, recognition. You do it because it's the right thing to do. No, that one was for the recognition. (laughs) (laughs) I do it for the fake internet points. Yeah. It's nice. Just want that gold. Ah, That sweet, sweet gold. Uh, Anyway, so, uh, yep, it's another week. We, uh, do we have anything to catch up on here? Um, Easter happened. Easter happened. Um, Easter was plentiful with, uh, with ham 
Um, there was lots of ham. There was lots of ham left over, as always. Uh, I think everyone in the in the, the United States has a similar story, so maybe yeah. not uh, worth talking about now. But it was a good time. It was. Uh, I get to spend some time with my family. Mm-hmm. You get to spend some time with your family. We did not get to see each other all day long. <laughs> all weekend, basically. Yeah. We like barely saw each other this weekend. All day I forget weekends why are... on Saturday. Saturday, uh, you were out at the uh, local Youngstown wrestling match. Oh, that's right. And that's I was right. at home chopping that's boards That's something I could talk about. Yes. Um. So I have a friend who goes by Bouncer, and he is a local independent professional wrestler. Yeah, what's the name of their league again? Um, Real Action Pro Wrestling, or RAPW. Mm-hmm. If you search for RAPW on Facebook, you'll find it, mm-hmm. um, including events for, like, their next show and all that good stuff. Right. So I've been wanting to go to one of their shows for a long time. And for roller derby, we've been emphasizing supporting other people who do the thing that we do, basically. Like other people who do volunteer sports and do everything themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially with wrestling, I feel like our audiences definitely could overlap. Yeah. Uh, So that's something that I wanted to do. So a few of us went and wanted to support them, and we watched. My brother came. Um, my brother had gone to wrestling school, <clears throat> ended up not working out because um, it is obviously very physically intense, and he yeah. is he was the oldest student there. He's 36. I feel, and like, so, I feel like no one needs to justify I can't get beat the shit out of every day and recover. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> no one has to justify that. It's an exception if you can. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, this is a 36-year-old versus, like, 18-year-olds. Yeah, right. So there's a big difference in recovery. Yes. And, and especially, like... I have not yet to beat the hell out of my body, and I have already beat the hell out of my body. <laughs> like, it's not like he has taken it easy on himself over the years. Yeah, so, right. Um, he decided not to continue with the program, but still wants to get into wrestling. And so mm-hmm. um, this was the second wrestling of their wrestling shows that he's gone to, but it was the first for me. And at the end of the night, I got to see my brother get body slammed <laughs> because some of the wrestlers, my friend Bouncer or John, who also has podcasts and I don't remember the name of them oh, right shoot. now. Um, but we should I should figure that out. Yeah. Um, so uh, we were like helping tear down and stuff and he was talking to my brother and he was like, Hey, you're the one who wants to get into wrestling, right? My brother's like, yeah. And he's like, you want to take a bump in the ring? And my brother's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> not going to say no. You want to take a bump and you want to do a bump. Two very different things. Two very different, very things. different things. <clears throat> one happens in the bathroom. Usually. <laughs> right. Um, one happens in a wrestling ring. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this one was in a wrestling. Okay. Ring. So <laughs> to over clarify. Yeah. Um, so I got some pictures of that, which it was really awkward because I was trying to like help fold chairs, but I also had my like camera ready to like snap pictures when he <laughs> took a bump. Okay, so you're you're doing this like with one hand then. You're like trying yeah. to clean and up the, with one They hand. were like wooden chairs that were like really difficult to fold with one hand. So I was like, fold, fold. Snap, 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 fold, carry over, snap, snap, snap. It's like the most inconvenient type of paparazzi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, don't mind me, just a chair cleanup lady. Just trying to be helpful. Snap, snap, snap. <laughs> but 
uh, it was fun to see him get to do that. Yeah. And the the show was good. I mean, it it's entertaining and it's just mind boggling to me that that there's people here who do that. It's the same way I think that people feel when they find out that there's local roller derby. True. They're like, oh, there's people here who do that? Like, that's a thing? Yeah. So I suggest checking them out if you're in the area and want to go see something. If you're not, look up. You probably have a local independent professional wrestling oh, yeah. organization. I think that's so. got to be, like, everywhere, right? Yeah. And, I, and I'm talking, like, these, these guys know the moves. Like, they do all the wrestling. They make their own costumes, right? <laughs> Some of them probably do, or they get them made. They yeah. at least design them yeah. or pay someone to design them. They um, come up with their own storylines. They they basically are doing everything, whereas when you're watching like WWE or whatever, mm-hmm. there's writers that write those storylines. They get yeah. paid to write those storylines. Right. And then the guys, the wrestlers are doing everything in the ring, obviously, but these guys are doing everything. Yeah. From the fundraising to like every single part it's of it. It's a labor of love thing that exists because they <clears throat> yeah. make it. So you kind of got to wear every yeah. hat. And, and I know that Bouncer, this is something he wanted to do since he was four. Yeah. Um, I know that because his mom told me the other night. Who, yeah. Mama is a very special person who is very involved with this and very supportive and she is a great human being didn't you say that uh, one of her early memories of this was him like diving off a couch (laughs) across the living room mama look and just go flying (laughs) off the couch yeah yeah so um clearly a labor of love for him and his family and everyone involved and it was cool to see that and it was lots of fun i suggest that to anyone that was my saturday then Obviously didn't get to see you because you didn't come. Right. And then Sunday was busy, Easter busy, and we busy. had separate things. But then we did it's, come together for Game of Thrones. Of course. You know, one of the the thing is every holiday is difficult. Like if you're if you're a child of divorce and you're dating oh someone God, who is a so child difficult. of divorce, you've got like four, <laughs> four families. Family celebrations. Mm-hmm. You can't do them all. Mm-mm. So either you split up. Or you go together and you miss something. It's just it's yeah. just too hard to do. Um, sometimes it, it just depends on when everyone does their stuff. Like sometimes I've been able to fit in every family, but it yeah. usually doesn't happen. Well, like Christmas is the one that you have to do that because you got yeah. gifts for everybody and like you can't you can't miss <clears throat> Christmas. It's like But usually that we're a little better at Christmas about someone will be like, Well, let's do ours the day before yeah. and someone else will be like, Well, we'll do ours on the day and yeah. like someone else will be like, Let's have a party the weekend after. Like everyone <laughs> tries to fit it in yeah. and be accommodating accommodating to everyone because it's a bigger one. Right. Easter, not everyone celebrates as much yeah um so like if you're gonna have an easter thing it's gonna be on easter like yeah it's not you're not gonna do it the week before or whatever right so maybe the day before depending on your family but yeah yeah so this year it just worked out that i went to my mom's and then i had to go to my dad's and Mm -hmm. you went to your aunt's on your dad's side and then to your mom's and everyone at all of the places i went 
asked where you were. That's, yeah, same. <laughs> I you know. it's the first question everyone asks, and I'm like, right, so I'm chopped liver, guys. Like I walk <laughs> in, and you're like, "Where's Dave?" Well, we don't know. care about you. <laughs> in fairness, I am uh, I am pretty great. I have been told by my stepsister that you're her favorite member of our family, <laughs> and you're not even a blood member of our family. So there is that. <laughs> All right. Yep. Um. Uh, so um. <clears throat> Uh, so what was I going to say? Oh, important news. Uh, the Pizza Hut zone is back. Everyone <laughs> can come down off the ledge. It's back. Everyone's favorite Pizone little calzone. Pizone watch is finally Pizone over. Pizone watch has ended. This has been a covert operation, but uh, I'm happy to announce that Pizone watch has ended. Uh, with a yeah. successful result, the Pizone is back. Makes me want a Pizone. <laughs> they're so good. They're Man, so I haven't good. had a calzone in a long time. A little pizza calzone Can we guy. make some calzones? Yeah, no. Okay, baby. I want to be Ben Wyatt. <laughs> That's all I want. Uh, and establish uh, Cal's low-cal uh, low calzone zone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to make stop-motion, like, claymation animation videos. Uh, and I also want to make the Cones of Dunshire. Ben Wyatt is, without a doubt, <laughs> one of the best characters on any TV series of my lifetime. I love Ben Wyatt. Yeah. He's just I great. love Ben Wyatt, and by extension, I love Adam Scott. Yeah. It's a character so good and so well done <laughs> that I automatically love the actor. Yeah, right. But he is good in other stuff I've seen him in. You know, for a while, the Cones of Dunshire was a thing you could buy. Like, someone <laughs> someone made the yeah. Cones of Dunshire. If you haven't seen this, it's the incre- incredibly impossibly complicated board game designed by Ben Wyatt. That and just he, he's unemployed. He's unemployed for a bit, and every time he's unemployed, he loses his mind <laughs> he and gets completely. a new hobby. Yeah, into something. One same time thing. it was calzones, another time it was the stop motion <laughs> claymation videos. Yeah, he spent like twenty hours on and got like fourteen <laughs> seconds of footage. Yeah, I think he spent like the whole week, and then he puts the thing on, and it's literally like four seconds. Like the character gets up out of bed, turns around, and it's over. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Anyway, uh, the Pizone is back. That's the real point. Talk about Parks and Rec forever. The Pizone is back. It is five to six dollars, depending. Get you a a Pizone. A Pupazone. A pop 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 Pizone. Yeah, not from Papa John's. No, from Pizza Hut. Papa John's doesn't do a calzone, do they? No, I don't think so. And who cares? Papa John's isn't very good. You know what? I've been saying that since like forever. I I just <laughs> I don't agree. care for it. This their is a crust line. Is chewy. Yeah. And their the rest of it isn't that great. You know the best part? Pepperoncinis that they put in the sauce. That's the or be- put in the box and the butter sauce. Yeah, that's it. Best part. And you know what? I can make my own garlic butter. And we can buy <laughs> pepperoncinis. <laughs> you can put those next to any pizza you want. Uh huh. Oh, God, we're such suckers. Yep. Uh, but I don't buy it because I, you know, I know this. Yeah. I. It was, for some reason in this area, any time I worked at a place and they're like, we're going to treat you to pizza, it was always Papa John's. They must have, like, some kind of, like, a deal, like a corporate deal kind of thing Maybe. or something. Also, I think, like, isn't Papa John's vaguely religious or something? I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's true. Well, like... Papa John himself is like a whole, like uh, a whole yeah. uh, like I, tall drink of I water. I worked for right? a company that was like, re- they had 
a religious background. Yeah. And I think that might have been part of the reason they supported Papa John's. But I don't know how conscious it was. I mean, he's been like kind of like a reliably like um, no one asked, but I'm going to give my opinion on this kind of thing. And it's usually yeah. something kind of conservative. So I guess yeah. I can see the, I, the, the connection there. Possibly. Papa John has the courage to stand up for what he believes. Which is chewy pizza crust. <laughs> Garlic sauce and pepper and cheese. Yeah. Yep. Awful ingredients. <laughs> Awful, Awful pizza. pizza. You know what? I'm sure that when they do this whole like restructuring thing or whatever without De Papa, I'm sure it's going to be a different pizza somehow. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> we're really ruining any chances we had of sponsorship by Papa Jones. That's right fine. Now. <laughs> um, we're taking a stand. I heard recently that he's still like fighting for like because he he he's still like in legal battles over losing his company, right? Uh-huh. And if I remember what what I heard, and I think it was on the H three podcast, but they were saying that basically the deal is he gets to name his successor as part of the settlement. Okay. So someone's gonna step in after Papa. And I think it's going to be his son. Yeah. How old is his son now? I don't know. 14. (laughs) The pizza prince. Oh, man. I just had a really good idea for a sketch. Okay. It would be like, you know how, you know, in places where there is a king and the king dies and the son is really young and all of a sudden they have a kingdom. It's going to be like that, but with Papa John's. It's going to be like a 13-year-old king of pizzas. You shall be a fine ruler someday. Who suddenly pizza empire. has to take over the business. <laughs> you shall learn, my boy. <clears throat> you shall learn to rule over the pizza lands. <laughs> it's like it's trusted I'm, advisor. I'm not ready for this. <laughs> I don't boy. want to let everybody down. He's British. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I don't know why. My child, in time, in time. It's like a Merlin kind of guy who, like, yeah. I don't know, whatever. This is stupid. His advisor. Um, hey, it's a great idea. I'm starting to think. <laughs> that we should move on? I think it might be time for a game. A game, you say? A classic game. A classic game, Everyone's you say? Everyone's favorite game. Everyone's favorite game, you say? <laughs> Everyone's favorite game, I say. <laughs> Everyone's favorite game, you say, or I say, you say. <laughs> Damn, yeah, you got me. I knew I was gonna. Oh, I knew I was gonna trip you up. <laughs> oh, uh, you're stupid. It is time for truths and news. You mean to tell me? You mean to tell me why you wouldn't happen to me? It's time for truths and news. Time to play truths and news. Everyone's playing. Everyone's playing a famous game. Famous game. The game that's taking the internet by storm. A Merv Griffin production. <laughs> Trues and Fnews. You know Trues and Fnews. Everyone knows Trues and Fnews. I mean, for those who don't, though, do you want to explain? <laughs> for, for those who don't, Trues and Fnews is that game, that classic news game in which I present to you, Christy, two false stories and one true story. And you have to discern which of these stories <laughs> is the true story, the truce, from the false story, the Fnews. <sighs> You're so good at that. We like to call it Trues and Fnews. Every time you do that, you know what I think of? What? Um, that Irish song, the Ratlambog. <laughs> yeah, it's like the tree and the bog and the bog and the stuff and the stuff with the car and the guy with the hair and the dog and the bear the yo. 
Yeah, that, that one. one. <laughs> I don't know a, the words at all. There's a great video on uh, YouTube or just around of like people, Irish people at the end of a wedding at like four in the morning yeah. singing that song Is there anything in its more entirety. Fun? <clears throat> I mean, I can't do it, but I love it, that people can I do I love this. watching that video. I think we watched it on St. Patrick's Day. Oh, really? I put it in the queue and some of us watched it on St. Patrick's Day. I remember Day. hearing it but not seeing it. So, yeah. yes, I think that did happen. Because I was like, this is Irish. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, truth and news time. I have one true story. I have two false stories. Are you ready? I am prepared. <laughs> All right. Uh, story number one. Nope. My phone rotated. All right. Story number one. <laughs> Aiming to solve public transit problems in a unique new way, the city of Shreveport, Louisiana, is building a citywide public sled system. Riders are lifted to the top of a long elevator and slide on a sled car for miles down ramps between a number of popular city destinations. That's number one. Number two. In anticipation of the upcoming naming of a new Japanese emperor... One company is selling cans of air from the reign of the current emperor, which go for about $10 a can. <clears throat> Three, proving that no talent is too small for superfans, a U.S. 15-city tour has been announced for Reggie the Cat, who portrays Goose the Cat, the Flurkin from Captain Marvel. Repeats. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, repeat. Number one. Aiming to solve public transit system, uh, aiming to solve public transit problems in a unique new way, the city of Shreveport, Louisiana, is building a citywide public sled system. Riders are lifted to the top of a long elevator and slide on a sled car for miles down ramps between a number of popular city destinations. Two, in anticipation of the upcoming naming of a new Japanese emperor, one company is selling cans of air from the reign of the current emperor, which go for around ten dollars a can. Not right. And three, proving that no talent is too small for superfans, a U.S. 15-city tour has been announced for Reggie the Cat, who portrays Goose the Cat, <clears throat> the Flurkin from Captain Marvel. All Whew. right. Man, I'm like running out of air here. What's going on? <laughs> Deep breaths. Yeah. Um, I want to hear mine. My uh, recaps. Let's let's hear your recaps. Number one, just slide into work, NBD. <laughs> Number two, selling emperor's hot air. <laughs> nice. Number three, the flurkin is a workin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're good with those and quick. You have I like them. you have an under recognized talent for like on the spot puns. Yeah, I'm not as good as pun master slam, but I'm I'm in the running. I think you're way up there. I'm in the running. I have my moments. I can't do it when I'm put on the spot. Yeah, well, yeah. You get a little extra time when it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. All right. So, what are you thinking? I think that the truth is that the flurkin is a working, and he's going on a tour. That the flurkin is a working. Mm-hmm. Christy, I gotcha. You got me. Man, we really need a buzzer. <laughs> <laughs> We should invest. So I don't have to go, ah. We'll invest. Yes. Man, really low red podcast here where I'm going like, ah, or ding, 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 or ahuga. <laughs> um, we'll just get like a, a little soundboard for that. <laughs> I just want a slide whistle. 
They had one on Ona Ross and Carrie for a while. Do you remember that? Uh, that sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, no. Uh, so it's not the Flurkin. <clears throat> Backup guess? Um, Selling Emperor's Hot Air. Yeah. That's the real one. Yeah. I did, the side <laughs> one just seemed too, like, that would not work. I, the thing is, I, I don't even know where that one came from. I'm sitting at my desk and I'm like, huh. Like, what's a weird story? Hey, what if you just, like, slide around everywhere? <laughs> like, what if you just went up and, like, slide around? Like, I was trying to think, like, oh, instead of a train or, like, a bus, like, what's a new thing? I don't know. Go up in an elevator and slide down. <laughs> like, this is more about how dumb I am than anything. But, uh, no. So, uh, yes. Number two, the uh, <sighs> the Emperor Air is a real thing. And I took a couple of more notes on this because I was interested. Because uh, I don't really know that much about how the emperorship works, you know? Yeah, nor do I. <clears throat> it's, from what I can understand, it's very similar to the arrangement that the British have with the monarchy and then the parliament, right? So mm -hmm. you have these, like, sort of, like, uh, acting, like, uh, sort of, like, uh, royalty, <laughs> but then you all, like, more, you have, you know, like, uh, a, a prime minister, like, all this stuff, like, sitting underneath, like, they have a, uh, a premier? I don't know. Anyway. Uh, so... What's going to happen here is that Emperor Akihito is going to abdicate, abdicate the throne on the 30th. And by the way, the throne is called the Chrysanthemum Throne, which is sweet. I do love chrysanthemums. It's kind of cool. It's my favorite flower. Um, so he's going to leave and his son Naruhito <laughs> is going to succeed him, uh, which will basically end an era. Like, the you know, the 30 years that <clears throat> Akihito sat on the throne is, is the era that they call... Um, the Heisei era. Uh, I had to listen to a pronunciation guide to make sure I didn't screw that up. It's Heisei. Um, it's um, the the translation is something like achieving peace. And a lot of these things are like hard to translate into <laughs> English. Right. Um, when Naruhito takes the throne, the era is going to be known as the Reiwa era. And the translation for that is a little bit trickier. Um, there was the for, like the English could being, mean shining sun or porto potty. Well, not <laughs> quite that distinct, not that far apart. But so like the 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 translation that people were getting from it, like especially Westerners, were interpreting something about like uh, control or like rule or like you know that kind of thing. It's like uh, a little bit aggressive. The the Japanese. Um, foreign ministry has clarified uh, that they, their preferred translation to English would be something more like beautiful harmony. Um, it's also the first time that an era's name was pulled from characters out of an only Japanese text and not Chinese text. <clears throat> this is a thing that like for a long time, like the era would be named using like characters from Chinese texts and like these like ancient writings and poems and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. Um, <clears throat> but now it's all Japanese characters, which sort of like sparked a little bit of, uh, uh, disagreement about whether that was cool and like what China thinks about it. And China's like, no, it's fine. You guys do whatever you do. You know, like we're not offended that, yeah. you, that you chose Japanese <clears throat> characters. Um, where is this again? Is it Japan? Yeah. This is happening in Japan. Um, I, I don't understand why they would use Chinese characters anyway. They have like a shared heritage going back, right? Like, yeah. there's a lot of, like... So, and, like, and, it would be a text that is in both Japanese and Chinese kind of thing in the past. And now this is solely it, Japanese. It's a Chinese... It's, it's coming out of Chinese text. Like, hmm. like 
like the thing is they they they, <clears throat> they really do have like a long and complicated history with each other, right? Um, mm. And their relations right now are like so like part of the idea of the words beautiful harmony is is an intended expression for you know a desire for harmonious relations with the Chinese government. Like this is actually like kind of like something they're, something they're deliberately trying to suggest, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's it. That's mostly it. <laughs> I like the idea that <clears throat> that this like slogan could be like a, a really horrible like fascist thing, but they're like, <laughs> oh, it means harmony, guys. Well, no, you're misinterpreting it. That's my favorite thing is like the the how far apart translations can be. Like these are things that don't they're like kind of untranslatable in a way into English. Yeah, well, like not neatly. It's like we we have idioms and stuff and, and euphemisms and yeah. and things like that here and it's the same in every language. They yeah. have they have things that can't really literally be translated. Mm-hmm. Like if you take some of the phrases we say mm-hmm. and were to take them literally, they wouldn't make sense. Like we don't use <laughs> them literally. Yeah. I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There's just things that don't translate <clears throat> neatly between languages, which yeah. I just think is interesting. That like the foreign my, ministry has to have an official translation. My favorite of those is um, it it's usually German, but sometimes it's like Norwegian places too. Yeah, but they'll have a word for something that we just for like a high concept uh-huh. that we just don't <clears throat> have a word for. Yeah, like. I love that. I love reading about those. I'm going to say this one, and someone listening is going to know what it is, and I don't know the word. I can't remember it. I can't even remember where it comes from. But it's the concept of two people looking at each other, knowing something has to be done, but neither of them having, like, the initiative to do the thing that they know has to be done, that moment of recognition of, like, almost a standoff. That thing has a name somewhere, Yeah, and it's a very long word. Um, I think I remember hearing that one, but yeah. I don't remember what it is either. But that's just like so crazy. Like the things that people think to name. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I mean, obviously it depends a lot on culture and what is culturally important. Mm-hmm. Like if it's not a thing you focus on, then you have no reason to name it. Mm-hmm. It's the same way that like certain places, is it... Um. Antarctica, where there's like oh, a bunch of words. Heard, anyway, people have a bunch of different words for snow, but I think it's that might not be. I think I remember reading that's not actually true. Oh, it's like a thing that we always like say, but I don't think it actually turns out to be true. But I'm I not thought sure I about read that. it was fewer than yeah, is said, right, but there's still multiple you. words for it. But it's not as right. Well, it's like we have a handful. Like you know, we have like yeah. kind of like a we have like snow and we have flurries and we have like slush, I guess, and like different yeah. like consistencies but if your life is like dominated by snow you come to recognize the different kinds and have a more complex <clears throat> language around yeah. it yeah yeah all right so anyway that, before, uh, before that we move in news. to the middle segment i just want to quickly apologize for the fact that i'm super phlegmy today yeah i don't think it's coming through okay i occasionally that's not me <laughs> <laughs> I occasionally no, Christy, have been that's, like, no, you don't have to, you don't have to be embarrassed. Clearing my throat. Stop it. Christy, you're, David, on, you're on microphone. David, stop it. <laughs> I quit. I quit I'm really the sorry to the people listening because I bet that's horrible to hear. I quit the podcast. <laughs> it's not me. Uh, no, it is not. I will not be maligned in this way. 
<laughs> now I am a little sinusy. I don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah. It's been like going on a week and I don't know what's wrong. I don't know if it's some weird allergy stuff or what. I mean, it is springtime. It is the It is, time. but I'm not really like I don't have allergies yeah. really. And even in the past when I have had some, it hasn't been like this. Right. So I don't I don't really know what's going on, but No, you're fine. Anyway. It's not coming through. I don't think. Not that much. <laughs> I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought you were just going to keep like hedging yeah. and being yeah, like, like. Not very much. I mean, I mean, if it is, it's not bad. I mean, I don't think anyone would mind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure, people probably hear it and they're, yeah, they're probably definitely annoying, but it's not like it's a big deal or anything. Uh, okay. So, what, so what do we got here? Because I forget what we're talking about. So for the middle segment, we were trying to think of something to talk about, and I had mentioned a podcast to you last night Yes, that I started listening to. Um, I think I heard about it on an episode of My Favorite Murder, and I immediately looked up the podcast and started listening to it right away. Yeah. Um, it is by The Australian, which are the, the same news organization that did the podcast called Teacher's Pet, which was also a very good podcast. Okay. Um, did you listen to that one? Nope. I think I talked to you about it, but I don't you think might you listened. So Teacher's Pet was basically about this guy who, he's a twin, um, and he was married to this woman and then starts having a relationship with a student of his, basically moves her into the house, and then his wife ends up going missing oh yeah 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 you did mention this and <clears throat> all of this stuff behind it like stuff starts coming out and they when they do the podcast they get even more information from people um calling in and being like no i know stuff about this mm -hmm. um former students saying oh no there is something going on here and everyone knew it or uh, yeah. he had a weird relationship with me too yeah um you did mention <clears throat> this yeah. yeah that was that was a really good podcast too mm -hmm. And so they're doing another one, and it's called Who the Hell is Hamish? Right. And it is about this guy. He's had various last names. He usually mm -hmm. goes by the first name Hamish. Mm -hmm. Occasionally goes by a different name entirely. Mm -hmm. um, but he is a con artist. Right. And prolific con artist. I think at one point they said... Um, the amount of money he has conned people out of is somewhere in the like 10 millions at least. That's a lot. Yeah. God, can you imagine? I've just conned people out of $10 million <laughs> and I still want to keep doing it. Like, like, like for, keep for spending me, it. For me, I'd, I'd be done. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I'm going to go. Well, live. and this isn't like 10 million <laughs> in one shot. Well, it's sure, like... but how, how long do you have to? I mean, if you had $10 million, how long would it take you to spend that? <laughs> Yeah. Right? Well, probably not that long because it seems like he's putting so much into it to keep up the con. Yeah, Because sure. he's basically telling people he's like a hedge fund manager. Right. And he's targeting wealthy people and being like, hey, like, I I see, like, you're, how you're investing your money and I have – a thing that I could help you invest in mm -hmm. could be pretty lucrative and he takes their money and then they never see it again. Um, Investors hate him. <laughs> this one weird trick made him $10 million. <laughs> it's called 
thieving. <laughs> it's called theft. 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 Um, so, yeah. So he he does this time and time again. Yeah. But he has to keep up the ruse. So he has expensive cars and expensive clothes and expensive girlfriends and all kinds of things. Expensive girlfriends. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> at one point he had like a a girlfriend who had like a, a famous father or something. It yeah. was like all this stuff, but he also wasn't, wasn't just doing that. Like at various points in time, he like married women. He like became a part of their lives. And then the next thing they know, he's essentially having a relationship with the one lady's son's girlfriend. Wow. While they're all in the same house. Like, and all the while gaslighting his wife for having an issue with it. Wow. That was the part that upset me the most is that everyone in her life is like, no, you're being crazy. He's not doing this. And she's like, no, this is fucking weird, right? This is weird. <laughs> and then after the fact, obviously, like this all comes out and her son is interviewed and all I wanted to hear him say was that he apologized to his mom because he was betrayed too. Yeah. But I just want someone to say that they were sorry to her yeah. for playing into the gaslighting and telling her she was crazy when she saw through it the whole time. Yeah. Like. Well, it sounds like he tricked everyone else, but not her. <clears throat> I mean, for a while he tricked her and then he basically, he started changing and, um, doing that, like, totally betrayed her and she was like that no that's not cool Mm -hmm. um and there's a lot to it i suggest just listening to the podcast each episode focuses on a different part of his con or a different person he conned Mm -hmm. um it went on for so long and it seems like there were multiple times that he got busted and went back to it and could have been further like prosecuted and it didn't happen. Things could have been prevented, basically. Like, okay. if things were handled differently, other people wouldn't have been swindled and their lives wouldn't have been wrecked. Um, right. It's called Who the Hell is Hamish? Because the first episode, which is only like 18 or 19 minutes long, mm-hmm. um, is a conversation with his last con before he got arrested. And it was a woman. Oh, wait, he's been arrested? He's been arrested. Okay, so he's not still out there somewhere. No, he's been arrested. That's what I was envisioning. Oh, no. I mean, he he was for very many years, but no, he's since been arrested. Mm -hmm. And that's where the podcast starts. It's with this lady who's in a relationship with him. Um, She knows him, I think, as Mark. And then um, next thing she knows, he's supposed to, like, meet up with her or call her or like text her back and he doesn't, which was weird for him. Yeah. And then she's told that she should talk to his brother-in-law and she talks to his brother-in-law and he's like, you need to call me right away. We need to talk about Hamish. And so she calls him and she's like, who the hell is Hamish? Cause she knew him as Mark. <laughs> that's a pretty solid intro right there. So yeah, that's the, <clears throat> the first episode is that her story, okay. which is very interesting. Um, and all of it is, it's crazy. This sounds good. I would listen to this. I would listen to this. <clears throat> he sound he is a really good con man. You like, almost I, I know it's wrong, but you almost admire people 
Because it's, not that what they're doing is a good thing, but you just have to. How does anyone keep right. something like that going for so long? And and for me, like, the, you know, there are really charming people out there. Uh huh. And when you're telling that many lies, like it's it's hard. It's got to be hard to keep them straight. Yeah. And there definitely were people in his life who saw through it. Sure. Like there were definitely people that he had worked around that were like. No, he was one of those guys that, like, if you said you did something, he had to say he did something better or cooler <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Which is, like, a sure sign of, like, narcissism and all that of, mm-hmm. of like, oh, okay, buddy. And there were multiple stories like this where people are like, nah, like, he kind of became the butt of our jokes because we saw him doing this thing. But then there are other people. The thing that's impressive to me is the people who he was in a relationship with yeah. that were, like, no, he was, like, a really good guy. Like, he cared about my kids, and he, like, were te- he was teaching them how to surf, and, like, he was doing all this stuff. And it was yeah. like, how much of that can you fake? <laughs> well, some part of your real personality <laughs> has to be that cool, nice guy that everyone yeah. wants to be around. That Just, part of that that part is real, too. It's, it's mind-boggling. It's yeah. mind-boggling because... The, there definitely were people who were like, now there's something up with that dude. Yeah. But there are other people, the people sometimes closest to him, who were just hook, line, and sinker. I think the biggest thing across the board. I don't know. Is this getting into spoiler territory for no. a podcast? Okay. No. I, I think the biggest thing across the board is just love bomb. Yeah. Just love bomb, love bomb, that's love how bomb. All, that's how all these people work. Half yeah. the people we've talked about how, on this podcast. How do you podcast. get people to like ignore some of the faults in the cracks in the facade. Yeah. Tell them they're amazing and you love them and send them flowers and spend money on them and do things for them. Yeah. And all the other stuff goes away because you're so amazing because you think they're so amazing. Yeah. Especially when you're like targeting people who are in a bad place in their life. Yeah. And they really need to feel that right then. And you know what? Those people make themselves kind of obvious to people like that. Especially if you're a con per a con person and you know what you're looking for, yeah. like that's they're looking for someone who's in that situation. So right. it's I'm not even all the way through the podcast, but so far it's very very interesting. Well, that's a cool one. I want to listen to this. Uh, who the hell is Hamish? Yeah, I gotta <laughs> listen to that from the Australian. Yes. Okay. And apparently, if you subscribe to the Australian, there are like bonus episodes like bonus content oh, you can yeah. listen to it's like a popular bottle now right yeah which kind of sucks but yeah and i understand it but they get they gotta make their money yeah i get it but uh yeah it's very good i suggest it well all right then um why don't we stop here and take a break all right you kind of caught me off guard with that you'd think i'd be ready for yeah, it yeah we do this all the time yeah <laughs> All right. It's second nature for me to do it now. It really is. Uh, We will be back in a minute with the main uh, topic for this episode. All right. Stick around.
And we're back. And we're back. <sighs> yes, we are. Um, I, uh, I, as as usual, I have no idea what this episode is about. <clears throat> that is right. You this, do not. This new format is interesting, <laughs> right? One day we're gonna choose the same topic. We well, but we also <laughs> like always seem to wait until like that week to do the research. That's true. So I don't know if it'll be a problem. Yeah, that's true. If either of us <laughs> that's was capable, one one good thing about our procrastination. Yeah, if either of us was capable of doing anything ahead of time, it might be a problem. Yeah, but it's not. But we're not. No, <laughs> uh, and that's not gonna change. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, so what you got? Our topic today is historical revisionism. Cool. Um, in a couple specific ways, there are a lot of versions of this thing. Okay. I will not be talking about the many versions of Holocaust oh. historical revisionism. Oh, God, yeah. Lord knows there's a lot of that. There sure <clears throat> is. That's not what I'm talking about. Um, the first thing I'm talking about is something that's been on our list for a while, okay. which is the phantom time hypothesis. Oh, cool. <laughs> I've been wanting to. I've been wanting this one to come around to the the show for a while, but I just didn't yeah. know how much so, there was on it. So I I looked into it, and there I just didn't feel like there was enough for a whole episode on it. Sure, which is why I brought in the topic a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but the Phantom Time hypothesis, um, it's basically is saying that it's actually the year 1720. Actually, actually, <laughs> because the early Middle Ages were faked. <laughs> Wait, so, okay, so they think the, they think the year right now. Is 1720. That's odd. Um, Herbert Illig, Her I, maybe it's Herbert, but it's H-E-R-I-B-E-R-T. Herbert. Herbert <laughs> Illig, born in 1947 in Bavaria, mm -hmm. belonged to a historical revisionism association. I didn't write the name down because it was not in English and I didn't know what it meant anyway. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> since right. 1995, he has had his own publishing company, published various proposals for revised chronologies of prehistory and ancient Egypt. My point in saying all this is that this is not his only hypothesis about this kind of thing. Okay. He's just into historical revisionism, but this is the one that's gotten the most coverage so his thing is like <clears throat> try to be the guy that like takes the piss out of what people think happened in the world like he's, yeah. he's, he's always looking I, for something i don't know that he would admit that like i'm sure that he believes that this is a thing yeah but he has a history of like throwing the spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks <laughs> it's kind of like indiscriminate about it <clears throat> yeah so okay um this has gotten prominent coverage in German popular media in the 90s. And after 1997, um, there's been little scholarly reception of his ideas. Okay. Um, his most famous theory is the phantom time hypothesis. It's a historical conspiracy theory published in 1991. And the idea is that it's a conspiracy by the Holy Roman Emperor Otto III, Pope Sylvester II, and possibly Byzantine Emperor Constantine uh, VII mm. to fabricate the Anno Domini dating system retrospectively in order to place them at the special year of AD 1000 and to legitimize Otto's claim to the Holy Roman Empire. <clears throat> okay. I, I mean, wasn't able to really find 
ex- exactly why that would legitimize anything, but this is his idea. So he's he's proposing that they they skipped a bunch of years on purpose. <laughs> yeah, that they they like rewrote history basically to say that it's actually the year one thousand okay. because that had some importance. Well, the year one thousand sure sounds important. Yes. Yeah. Certainly more important than. The year not 1,000. Um, <laughs> yeah, whatever boring-ass year it probably really was. I like believe this was achieved through alteration, misrepresentation, and forgery of documentary uh, documentation and physical evidence. Wow. Um, according to this, the Carolingian period, including Charlemagne, is a fabrication oh. with a phantom time of 297 years that's missing, basically. Wow. Um, but you'd have to fake so much, So right? AD 614 through 911 was added to the early Middle Ages. Okay. So, yeah, that's basically the theory. That's it. How much work would you <clears throat> have to do to fabricate 300 years of history? A lot. Right? Because, mm-hmm. like, consider mm-hmm. how much mm-hmm. new stuff gets generated in a year. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, you know, the people during this time were strangers to writing or art or like any other number way of putting shit down for you know later consumption. Like, like, how could you how could you do that? Hold on to your pantaloons. <laughs> OK, because our next our next it's our next. It's our next. <laughs> <laughs> Is All right. um, new chronology. Okay. There are a couple forms of this. Um, The main one I'm talking about is by a Russian mathematician named Anatoly Fomenko. That name sounds familiar. You've probably heard of him. Uh, He's kind of a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of really good at math. He worked for Moscow State University and was a full member of Russia's Academy of Sciences. Mm -hmm. Um, He proposes... An improved version of the global chronology of ancient time based on statistical and astronomical analysis. Uh, He believes there is no reliable written record of human events before the 11th century. A knowledge of earlier cultures is based on texts or copies of texts that date from after that era. Uh, Chroniclers, which were often religion scholars... Um, fixed dates of key historical events using supposition and arbitrary consensus. Okay. Um, so they grafted recent, people have grafted recent occurrences onto earlier dates, sometimes unintentional, sometimes intentional, um, and it creates numerous historical duplicates. So when people say history repeats itself, his uh. theory is that history doesn't actually repeat itself. We have... Like, done that ourselves by saying, like, oh, this thing that is the same thing as what happened at this time also happened many, many years ago. It strikes me that it's possible that this is an unfalsifiable hypothesis. <clears throat> yes. Right? Which is, like, if it's unfalsifiable, then it's it's useless, right? But there, there, are, there are some signs. And I'll get to that. Okay. So history... And what I just said, history appears to repeat itself because it's plagiarized. Okay. Um, it's not inherently a crazy idea. Like, people get stuff wrong no. all the time. But it, this is a little more than just, like, people got it wrong. <clears throat> yeah, when you attribute There's it like to, like, some, some intention kind of... intention to yeah, it. Yeah, right. Um, 
So he, in his theory, it basically means that the events of the New Testament precede the Old Testament. Uh, most stories concocted <clears throat> to reflect later incidents, um, as for example, Joan of Arc was a model for Deborah from the Bible. Mm. Jesus Christ would actually have been crucified in Constantinople in 1086. Ancient Egypt, Rome, and Greece were fashioned by Renaissance writers. Uh, the time of pharaohs may have lasted all the way into the 1700s. Okay. Aristotle, you're like cringing more yeah. and more. <laughs> I'm just like, well, hold on, hold on. We have we have evidence for a lot of these things. Aristotle what? actually instructed Alexander the Great, who was a czar in the 1400s. Um, early English history is a carbon copy of 4th century Byzantium, which is also a fiction, a fiction based on late medieval events. So it's like his idea is that we're just like recycling things that happened, but backwards. Like we're just saying, okay, this thing actually happened during medieval times, yeah. but then we're going to say it happened back in Byzantine times. And then we're going to say that what happened then was actually what happened back in early English history. Does he propose a motive for doing this? <sighs> um, I, I if think it's a conspiracy. I just wonder why. I think there are several reasons, but I I don't have a I'll kind of get to a, that sure. at the end. Okay. Um about like his motivations for thinking this. Okay. Um so you might ask, what about carbon dating and you know, science? Yeah, that's where I'm that's a, that's kind of where I'm going is <clears throat> if the events of the New Testament are supposed to have actually preceded the Old Testament, you would expect we would have evidence of New Testament original like manuscripts, even like just like copies of copies that predated, you know, our earliest known. Well, I mean, I, it's understandable, kind of, that you'd ask that. But if if you're talking about carbon dating, you're obviously a stupid dum dum, <laughs> um, because it's premised on the old dating system and is therefore corrupted. At what? No, that's what it is. <laughs> Hold on, wait. Carbon <laughs> dating isn't premised on any dating. It's not. It's. I mean, it's attempting to gather dates in a in a See, range. You're making a very common mistake. <laughs> you're using logic. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I, I'm mildly infuriated by this. Yeah, so uh, was I. <laughs> I bet a lot of uh, people who uh, deal with uh, you know archaeological things find this very irritating. For, for me, it was for me. For me, it was particularly infuriating because I've had conversations with people, yeah, about carbon dating and stuff, and I know specifically people who are like kind of young earth, <laughs> yeah, right, kind of people, and I know that this is something they would get behind just because it like backs them up a little bit. Well, it gives you another uh, way to fall out of the argument. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, to quote him, this version of events is substantiated by hard facts and logic, Okay, validated <laughs> by new astronomical research and statistical analysis of ancient sources to a greater extent than everything you may have read and heard about history before. Okay, so if, he, if he's talking about astronomical research, <clears throat> is he implying that along with these writings we have d vivid descriptions of the positions of, like, heavenly bodies and things and, the, and that we could extrapolate I mean, back that, from that, that to what time it that was? That is true, but yeah. that's not really what he's saying. Okay. I don't know. You know, there's it's a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. Okay. 
Um, basically, he's saying that we're in a matrix with medieval rules. And if you want to know the rules, he outlines them in a seven volume series Whoa. entitled History, Fiction or Science. You can buy at least some of them on Amazon, by the way. Ooh. He has several other books as well. Yeah, I'm going to have to read all those books now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I think they're probably translated into English, but yeah, they are, were originally in Russian. Okay. Um, these books open with the famous quote from the book 1984. Mm -hmm. Who controls the past controls the future. Who controls the present controls the past. Um, okay. and, and I threw this in there because it kind of is important later. Just to keep in mind that, like, some of the issue with... Like, dates not lining up upon, like, various ancient recordings of time is mm -hmm. that a lot of the recordings were done by religious scholars. Mm -hmm. And depending on the religion, they had different calendars. Yeah. And so you had to, like, translate that. Yeah. Um, Plus, I, I have to think <clears throat> that, like, as impressive as the ancient world was and as incredible as some of their inventions were to measure these things, precision is a problem. Like, we've, yeah. gotten, we've gotten better at this. Yeah. Right. Um, so this theory is derided by most modern scholars mm -hmm. as pseudo history. Mm -hmm. However, his ideas aren't entirely original. Um, oh. Newton's own work, The Chronology of Ancient Kingdoms, um, which was posthumously printed in 1728, argued that currently accepted timeline of ancient history was wildly inaccurate in places huh. um so things such as the greeks mixed the goddess io with the egyptian goddess isis romans lost most of their chronicles to fire set by the gauls uh the persian timeline of rulers doesn't make sense and how could great egyptian city of memphis have existed before homer's day if homer never mentioned it um newton's chronology mm. moved the english a little closer to antiquity. Basically, events from ancient Greece were 300 years newer than conventionally held. 300 he's, years, you say? He's doing the same thing, basically, say, but not as big of an extent. But so that's a very specific idea. window, though. <laughs> that 300 years sounds and, familiar. And the Egypt's empire was moved forward as much as 1,800 years. Okay. Um, there's also another person saying these things. French scholar uh, Jean Hardouin said that monks of the 13th century fabricated many Greek and Roman texts of antiquity. Mm. And you may ask, why would they? Right. And uh, to that, he would say that the answer would be written on a piece of paper the size of his hand and it would be found when he died. Like, it would be found on or near his person when he died. Okay. And it was never found. <laughs> well. So we don't know what those rascally monks were doing. Ah, rats. <laughs> ah, we've been, we've been foiled. Hoodwinked by those monks again. <laughs> I just. It keeps happening. I think this is a common impulse throughout all of <clears throat> history is to attribute some form of malice or, like, ill will to, uh, like like confusion or things we don't understand yeah. or like you know it's like it's the reason that conspiracy theories exist. I was gonna say it's just conspiracy theorists. Yeah, right. There will always be conspiracy theorists, yeah. and it's not bad to question the status quo. Oh, it's a good thing. It's a very good thing. But 
it can be very easy to have hubris and think that you have all the answers and that yeah. everyone else is wrong. Like really common impulse. Yeah. So Fomenko at least uses statistical analysis, um, except his data isn't that harmonious. Mm. If something doesn't line up, he basically just says, well, it's not lining up because those events are actually the same thing. So that, oh. that smooths the whole thing out. Okay. I see the problem there. <laughs> But this is despite discrepancies. So he'll be like, well, Jesus was actually the same as this guy. Mm -hmm. But when you do look at the recordings there, there are of or descriptions there are of those two individuals. Yeah. Their histories are very different. Like the things oh. we know about them are very different. And the way they died was very different. They so just like, but they just share a couple of things that for him is yeah. enough to like bind them together. Yeah. Or? So it's like, OK, but then. Yeah. Are they just, did they just totally make up these other details about, like, why would they do that? Like, yeah. you can't necessarily, he, he picks and chooses <laughs> data points, basically. So, sure, you're using statistical analysis, but you can make statistics say whatever you want to say you if you do really it the can. right way. Yeah. We were just talking about pee hacking the other day. Yeah, right, yeah. <clears throat> Don't hack my pee. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was, I was going to say, you said pee hacking, and I just, I thought of urine immediately. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like an idiot. <laughs> um, so, uh, what, what I mentioned before about, like, his possible reasons for thinking this. Yeah. Is that, um, it's kind of like a, a Russian patriotism. Oh. In some ways. He, he attributes a lot of things to Russians, Okay. Um, so basically saying, well, this is a thing that Russians did, but uh, when they fabricated the history, they just say that other people did it before, but really the Russians did it. Oh. Um, and, and when you see theories like this, a lot of times they can be racist and xenophobic. It's like mm. anyone who is from cultures that are not ours uh. couldn't possibly have done it. We did it because we're smart and great and perfect, but they couldn't possibly have. Well, we do it. We do a hell of a lot of that, you know, as a yeah. as a culture now. Like like a lot of the things that we you know commonly think of as having been invented in the modern era, there's plenty of evidence for in ancient <laughs> times. Yeah, in places like, uh, for example, the 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 scientists of the Muslim world in the uh, oh god, whenever that was happening, <laughs> right? But there's like there's like. Huge Islamic scientific uh, explosion uh, in history that, like, produced things that we later kind of thought we discovered, but we find yeah. evidence of them. Like, like batteries and things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, crazy stuff that you go, like, how could that have existed back then? Yeah. And alcohol. It, <laughs> alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a thing that, like, keeps getting discovered all over the world at some point until everyone gets together and goes, wait, you guys do this too? <laughs> Oh, awesome. Let's drink together. What weird thing did you make? <laughs> um, so just uh, basically done, but just one more little cherry on the top. Okay. Is that world chess champion Gary Kasparov is uh. a proponent of Fomenko's work. Oh, really? Yeah. And he's, he's written about it. I think he, um, he just basically, he endorses it. Might have <laughs> written some of his own things mm -hmm. about this theory. But there, yeah, there is a pronounced sort of Russian national <laughs> pride. I don't know if it's I, I don't know enough about Russian culture to, to know if it's really widely shared. Yeah. But there is something about like Russian national identity that is like a strong thing. 
Maybe I, maybe I think, all places have that. I think especially after like the Cold War and in mm. a lot of things yeah. <laughs> that happened around that time, it's just like um, wanting to pretend things are better than they were, mm. or like you you did better <laughs> as a nation than you did, yeah. kind of thing. And like right. not trying to be mean, but it just it has that sense of like <clears throat> yeah rewriting things so you look better. Well, yeah, especially Which is understandable. Yeah. Like we all would love to do that with our lives, right? <laughs> well, especially yeah, like towards the modern era where you have like this, like uh, like Russia becomes the <clears throat> USSR, and then it's like this glorious vision of what like a a communist society can be, no. and then just never getting there, mm-hmm. like never fulfilling like the the dream. So it's like uh, you know everything's just kind of like a low rent version of something that's out there elsewhere that's better. Yeah, I can definitely see a need to or a desire to like wind that back and replace it with like you know like we did all these great things first tales of the glorious past yeah yeah um and i i don't know if it's interesting to you it was pointed out that um gary kasparov apparently is like anti-putin he's not about putin he's not all about putin i don't necessarily know how fomenko feels about him but yeah it seems somewhat at odds with with Flamenco and his beliefs, but yeah. he is very into this theory. When was Flamenco? When is, is he's not working now? Is he? I think he might still be alive, but I'm okay. not quite sure. I mean he he was born in the 40s, oh, 45. Okay. So okay, and I think everything I read was in current tense, like in present tense. Okay. Like he. Yeah, like he's, works he for Moscow so State University. He is a member of Russia's Academy of Sciences. Okay. But that part was from Wikipedia, so. It's, this topic in particular, <clears throat> maybe more so than other topics, kind of recalls to me like a problem that all of us have when it comes to like, when it comes to things like this is we can't all be the experts, right? Yeah. Like, like with so many things, we rely on people who we trust to know something and be honest to inform us on things we can't possibly verify. Yeah, and here's here's the thing, is that he potentially could and should be one of those people. Like, he is yeah. a, an educated mathematician yeah. and, you know, presumably well-educated in statistical analysis yeah. and all these things. And it's not just him by himself. He has, like, a someone else who wrote that all those books with him yeah like it's he's the one whose name is associated with it most closely but Mm -hmm. there are other people who were in this alongside him right so it it's like they presumably like this is a well-known dude and he is credentialed yeah it's not like he's just joe schmo and he's like on a street corner yelling right about it he like (laughs) there is some credibility to him sure. which makes it even more dangerous <laughs> when they you know put these ideas out there but i don't know there there could be some real harm to believing this potentially but i think mostly it's just like okay dude <laughs> <laughs> well yeah carry on i mean i i think the biggest problem is like the erasure of a lot of things that happened yeah <clears throat> That's the most dangerous thing is pretending like if if you get to say that history doesn't repeat itself mm-hmm. actually because it only happened once and we're just like 
putting that <laughs> like onto the past. It. Yeah. Um, it you kind of discredit that and intentionally discredit that whole thing of like, okay, but like we've learned things mm -hmm. from the past, and now you're saying we haven't learned things from the past, but like <laughs> we have. Yeah. Bad things have happened, and those can be like stories we learn from. Yeah. We should not completely forget about history and discredit it and say it didn't exist. I think it's I think it's interesting because like so many <clears throat> like so many first of all, I do think it's kind of unfalsifiable. Yeah. Um I, I Well, think it's, especially the way he applies it, which yeah. is like uh, picking his data points and just being like, Well, uh this doesn't line up as cause it's the same thing as this. Yeah. Like, well, well who's how can anyone argue that? Right. Because if I say, well, this says in this record here, you're just going to say it was falsified. Yeah. Okay. And if I say, but we carbon dated it and it really is that old, you're going to say, well, the carbon dating is bad. Well, even like the simpler explanation for a lot of this is just <clears throat> that human beings live very similarly throughout history. We behave very similarly. We have very similar drives and goals. And we do a lot of the same things and do the same things to each other. Mm -hmm. Like, it's much more understandable. I mean, that's clearly the main premise that he takes issue with. Yeah. It's like history repeats itself. Like, there are patterns to things. You have empires rise and then fall. And yeah. it's just the way that things go. But he he doesn't he doesn't stand by that. Yeah. And I think a dismantling of the historical record does open the door to you know, you can attribute things to whoever you want. Yeah. I I think that is the big yeah. thing here. I think it's wanting to say that certain people did certain things. Well, anyway, but, it's You know, it's Russian nice to, people peopling. It's nice to know we're living in the 1700s. Yeah, you know. I'm and, relieved. I, I knew gotta, it felt wrong. I just knew it didn't feel right. I got to update my calendar. <laughs> I knew it just didn't seem right. <laughs> Me in the year 2019, nah. No way. That's too futury. Oh, uh, man. It means I was born in the 1700s. I'm really showing my age. <laughs> <laughs> this is a weird theory. I can understand various motives for <clears throat> for being uh, sort of uh, unclear on the, the world's timeline, but yeah, ultimately, and it's it's you should never default to authority. Or consensus. You shouldn't default to those things. But I think the, that when you have such a strong claim and it's such an outlier, you got to bring way more evidence. Yeah, I I, th I think we have to do everything in our power, power to try to – in our power. Everything in our power to remain objective. Sure. And not work – backwards you don't start with what you want to be true mm -hmm. and fish the data to yeah. fit that right you this this is why in science when we do any experiment it has to be like you have to be able to replicate it mm -hmm. you have to be able to do it multiple times and also you start with a hypothesis but then Sometimes you're wrong. And so mm -hmm. you go back to the drawing board and you try again. Yeah. You don't just and and some people do, but you shouldn't just you know mess with the results to make it look like 
what yeah. you wanted. It's like in the last episode when you talked about um, all of the things they were doing with the the head reassignment surgery. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my head has been assigned to a different body. <laughs> I'm going to miss it. <laughs> I like head reassignment surgery. <laughs> yes, I've been reassigned to a different body. You know that one. It was it was good, but I I needed assigned a new head. Yeah, you know. Wait, well, wait. You wouldn't say it that way. Yeah. You wouldn't say I need assigned a new head. Yes, I would. I get a new head, and someone else gets mine. It's an exchange program. You're messing with me, right? No. Because if your head goes, that's you. Shh. Nope. <laughs> Like, no, I established I'm going to get a new head. Oh, my God. This is weirding me out. <laughs> <laughs> I know you are messing with me. Anyway. Anyway. Um, what was I going for there? Oh, basically, the, he, he kept moving the goalposts yeah. and being like, no, we have a, a great new discovery. And then it was always falling short of yeah. what he said he was going to do. Right. It's the same thing of like, I know you want this to be true. But you don't get to just say, this is the fact, yeah. and then, you know, move things the way you want them or, yeah. like, you change your interpretation of statistics right. to fit it. Yeah, that de that definitely smacks of, <clears throat> I have something I want to illustrate, and I will very carefully cull the data that, that gets me there. Yeah. Which should if never be the aim of science. If he were looking – so if someone were to talk to him – and they picked several data points mm -hmm. and said, how do you explain these statistically? Yeah. And he was able to do a statistical analysis in front of people. Yeah. And it lined up. That would be one thing. Sure. But. Like, does your model fit? Yeah. Is it predictive in a <clears throat> sense? But that isn't really what's happening. What's no. happening is. He's writing seven books worth of this theory, and he's picking the points he wants to discuss in detail. Mm. You still going to read all seven books? No, nope, nope. I was very interested. I am uh, significantly less interested now. But yeah. I do want to know more about like the, the genesis of this, where this idea started, and what, what sort of like I'm, piqued his interest I'm about sure it. I'm sure there's more information out there. I'm sure there's more information in those books, but yeah. it was it was quite... A depth say, of a dense. topic, and this these aren't the only two historical revisionism yeah. theories out there. Obviously, I already mentioned there's so many Holocaust ones. Obviously, oh, yeah, there that one's almost is. too dark to talk about. You almost don't want to everyone give those knows, guys. Everyone knows our Holocaust deniers. Everyone knows yeah. there's all of that stuff. You don't want to give those guys to oxygen. talk about that. Yeah, because. It's stupid. Yeah, like if you give it like, ho hopefully if you give it like 60 years and everyone pretends they don't exist, they'll just die out. Yeah. Probably so, not, but maybe. <laughs> so, yeah, that is um, a, just a little taste of historical revisionism. That's really interesting to me. Now I have more things. I have more questions, which I think is, I a, know. is a good thing with goose chases. <laughs> I am only more curious about this. Yeah. Um, well, I, I hope, I think that's what we bring to the table in general, and I hope that that is what our listeners get out of it of like here is a taste of things yeah. here's what we were able to acquire from the internet yeah in, with like a little bit of research but we're and never if really you're, done yeah There's if more you're out interested there. in it you can continue the research or maybe we'll follow up on it one day and yeah and see if there's anything more we can call 
Let's see. So it's 1722? 1722? It's in the 1700s. That's all yeah, I know. I think it's something like that. Either that or I'm going the wrong way. But either way, 1722-ish. Happy 1722, everybody. <laughs> uh, we, uh, I guess we'll be back next week. Huh? Yes. Um, Man, we- I can't wait until... Uh, it's 1723, and we've been doing this for, like, another year. Wow. Actually, if you want to consider that we started in 2017? Somewhere around there. We started in 2017, and now it's 1720-something. We've been doing this in, in a negative amount of time. <laughs> That's going to get real confusing. I feel like there's a, a T-shirt in there somewhere. I just don't know where. <laughs> We podcast so good, we've gone backwards in time. <laughs> Established since negative 300 oh years ago. Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> That'll be a Goose Chase podcast. Established, Established seven- in 1720. <laughs> 1720. Yeah, whatever, whatever it is. Um, but anyway, thank you very much for listening, as always, to Goose Chase. Goose Chase. Uh, we, are, uh, we will be back next week with another topic. Um, I love doing this show. Me too. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Um, continue, as always, to send us your topics and your suggestions and your yeah, ideas. Yeah, our list is starting to get a little short. We're starting to work through the backlog, which is nice. But, you know, if you think of something, give send us it more. to us. Give us more ideas. Uh, Feed me, Seymour. <laughs> uh, we will see you next week with another episode of the Goose Chase Podcast. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Goose Chase. We are Goose Chase Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, our handle is at Goose Chase Pod, and our website is www.goosechasepodcast.com. If you have any topics you'd like us to research, please email us at goosechasepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do on the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play. Want to go on a goose chase? Ooh, yes. 